Welcome to this episode of The Good Fork with host Diana Edelman of Vegans Baby. We're bringing you interesting conversations, interesting people with a plant-based twist. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Good Fork. I've got a fun guest for you today, Chef Kamanichi. He's the chef ambassador for Just. I'm thinking you've probably heard of Just. They're a San Francisco-based company on a mission to build a better food system and happen to be the creators of my current favorite breakfast staple, Just Egg. Now, in his role as chef ambassador, Chef Kamana travels the world as a spokesperson for Just, and he educates consumers, food industry partners, and students about delicious, healthy, and sustainable food. He has also appeared on several popular cooking competition shows, including Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay, Guy's Grocery Games, say that three times fast, and Cutthroat Kitchen, which he won back in 2016. Chef Chi owns his own restaurant, Uncle Hawaiian Grinds, in my home state of Maryland. So we are talking about a lot in this episode, from being on Food Network to all the dishes you can create with Just Egg and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of The Good Fork. I am Diana Edelman of Vegans Baby, and I have an incredible guest today. He is the chef ambassador for Just. And if you're not familiar with Just, oh my gosh, you all, they make the most incredible plant-based egg I've ever had in my life. So Chef Kaimana Chi is here today with me. Chef, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. It is absolutely my pleasure, and it's so nice to meet you virtually. It's nice to meet you virtually as well. So before we even get started on Just and what you do with Just, um, I want to hear a little bit about how you started as a chef, because your background's pretty cool. Like, you were a TV, a television star at some point? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I, I really had a sort of unique, serendipitous journey. Uh, to becoming a chef. So, uh, and I'll give you, try to give you the quick version, but I grew up in Hawaii, small town on the North shore of Oahu. I'm the oldest of nine kids. Wow. And I come from a very multi-ethnic background. So I'm Hawaiian, Filipino, Samoan, Chinese, uh, and a little bit of English. And so, uh, you know, I grew up in this cultural landscape that was super diverse, but then also that lends itself, lended itself to growing up in a super, um, cool uh, food culture and um, the culinary landscape in Hawaii has so much um, outside influence. So I I grew up loving food. Being the oldest of nine kids, you know, I had to get in the kitchen with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles um, while my parents were at work. So I fell in love with food at a a very young age. Now, I I didn't see myself um, becoming a chef or I didn't see that as my career. I just knew that food um, was the focal point of our culture. The kitchen was the most popular place in the house. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that food would always be a part of my life um, in some sort of capacity. Uh, Fast forward, I'm I'm in Washington, D.C. in 2004. I I moved away from home. Uh, Just I wanted to travel a little bit. And and I've worked all kinds of crazy jobs. I've I've been a flight attendant and a a coach, a band instructor, a... um, um, a cruise director, an entertainment. I performed uh, in a, like a Hawaiian Polynesian show in Okinawa for six months. So I've been, it's been all over the place. Uh, but then I settled down in sort of a project management IT job 
in Washington, D.C. for a large international development organization. And I found on the side, in the evenings, on the weekends, you know, I was cooking for friends and doing informal dinner parties. And, you know, it really reignited my love for food that I developed as such a young kid. And uh, honestly, 2011, I'm sitting on my couch, turn on the TV, and I see this show called Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay. Yes. I completely got enveloped by the show um, <laughs> and enamored by the whole concept that what I would do is I would, whatever the challenge they had, I would, the next day I would buy all the stuff and try to do <laughs> what everybody else did and try to do whatever they did in the mystery box. And I would cook alongside the show and then do a little bit of research on my own research on the side, to what went wrong, why is my souffle keep falling? Um, why is this crust not the way I want it? And then, you know, that was sort of the impetus for me to look at really the more technical forms of cooking. Um, growing up in Hawaii, you know, where we are, this is how you, this is, you put your oven at 350 and you put everything in the oven at 350. Well, that's not really the case, but you know, we just follow in, right? We follow instructions from our, from our parents and, and then that's what we end up doing. Um, Long story short, I, I auditioned for my first show. I invited my friends, cooked them a whole bunch of food, let them score it, and then I, that was my signature dish uh, that I cooked for my audition with about 10,000 people in D.C. in 2011 on a cold November day. <laughs> I wore my brightest Hawaiian shirt, and I took along my ukulele with me and um, just tried to stand out. And it was a five-month process, but I did get on season three of MasterChef. Wow. And that sort of was the start in 2012 of my culinary journey. I, now, I didn't make it very far in MasterChef, but I came back to D.C., opened a very small catering business uh, called Kaimana's Catering, and then got a job, a, a part-time job in the evenings, teaching at a recreation cooking school. So they didn't have anybody doing Hawaiian food or, or, or Asian-influenced uh, cooking lessons. So I was teaching dumplings and sushi classes, which really opened up my clientele base. Uh, a year later, I got on my first Food Network show, which was uh, Guy's Grocery Games. Uh -huh. uh, it was an amazing experience. I wrote a song for the show, Guy Let Me Play It on TV. And you can imagine that that opened up more of a client base. Sure. The following year, I made it on Cutthroat. Yeah. The following year, I made it on Cutthroat Kitchen, and that's where I got connected to, to Just. Uh, the One of the other chefs that I competed against uh, was working, was already uh, connected to the head R&D chef at Just, and they thought that it would be strategic for Just to start a culinary concierge program mm -hmm. where they would have chefs going out and uh, doing sort of user adoption and showing what you can do with uh, Just Mayo and other products that we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he looked, called me back, uh, you know, a few months after we shot Cutthroat Kitchen and asked me if I was interested. And I gave it a shot, came to San Francisco, interviewed, uh, thought what a crazy, crazy change of life. Here I am teaching people how to use SharePoint and advanced Excel and <laughs> <Yeah>. PowerPoint. <laughs> and now I'm gonna go all the way into sort of something that represents my passion ironic uh, coincidentally the same month i accepted uh the the position with just uh, a restaurateur also contacted me and offered to partner with me to open my first restaurant uh, which is now open called uncle's hawaiian grinds modern hawaiian food in maryland 
Okay, so, I'm from Maryland. So where in Maryland is this? Oh, oh, so <laughs> we are in Falston, in Hartford County. Okay. Uh, just just south of Bel Air and okay. in a town called Falston. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I actually I went to Towson, <laughs> so that's not very far. <laughs> wow. Not at all. No, when you were talking about DC, I wanted to be like, oh my gosh. Um, where in DC did you live? I I, I still live in DC. I live in <gasps> Silver Spring. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. My grandparents lived in Silver Spring. I was born in Rockville awesome. there until I was oh like, oh my God. Yeah. Live there. We're I mean, neighbors. Rockville, huh? <laughs> we were like neighbors. <laughs> we really are neighbors. And I think actually I was, I was still in Maryland when you were in DC. I moved to Vegas in 2005. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It's all the world, isn't it? <laughs> so I'm so, okay. yes. So you were on three television shows. <laughs> like, how, yes, yes. how does your life, I mean, other than obviously like, you know, you, you're getting these clients and you started this catering company, but how does life change for you as a, as a human being, being on three television shows and, and then, you know, going over to Jess, like what was your life like during those, during those seasons of, of filming? <laughs> it, it was a bit surreal, right? I'm from a very small town. Uh, I grew up on a makeshift Hawaiian farm with such a big family and with the ex living expenses in Hawaii is, is quite high. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't grow up with much. And, and while we had access to fresh fish and good fruits, we still ate a lot of processed foods. Uh, and then now fast forward, you know, into my adulthood and I'm catapulted on this national stage trying to represent, you know, for, for myself, I feel like I'm representing the whole state of Hawaii, my culture, my people, my, my, my friends, my family. So it, uh, you know, it was, it was daunting, but yeah. I, you know, it was a, a, it's a, it was a risk that I, I really challenged myself to take and absolutely my life changed after that. I, you know, I was getting invitations to cater weddings, uh, in Japan and, wow. and in Hong Kong and in Ohio, and people were inviting me to go on their private boats to be their chef for a week um, in the Caribbean, you know? So just very, very random um, reaching out of the public. Yeah. I mean, so it, and it's so crazy that it, two nights ago, they re-aired two episodes that I were on of Guys Grocery Games. And then my, you know, people reach out to me on Twitter and private message me on Instagram. <laughs> and, and, and for the most part, I would say 90% of those interactions have all been so amazing i mean i i've made a lot of friends I, I mean up and coming chefs young people in culinary school a grandmother reached out on behalf of her grandson who you know was enamored by the show uh, and he flew from florida to washington dc to take a cooking class um and then his his grandparents flew from boston to meet him i mean it has been surreal amazing humbling and um absolutely crazy <laughs> it's i i can't imagine so did you go on the boats in the caribbean and cook i i did i did go on um on a, someone's private boat and and cooked for a week uh it was it was an it was incredible and you know seafood is my thing i grew up on an island so yeah Okay, so now let's get to Just. So for listeners, Just, yes. um, 
it's really interesting to me about the just egg because I've had it and I, I I'm vegan and I was just blown away. So it, I didn't know that it was actually like crafted by Michelin starred chefs. And yes. um, that's wild to me. And it's made with mung beans. And that what I find really interesting and what I love so much about it is that it's cholesterol free. It's dairy free. There's no GMOs in it. And when people argue with me about well, where do you get your protein, like literally, it's the same amount of protein as a chicken egg. So, um, like for me, it's it's my it's what I make for breakfast. Like it's become like my breakfast staple. So tell me a little bit about as Chef Ambassador. What are you? Yes. What is your role? Yeah, sure. So uh, my role has evolved. Uh, in the beginning, I was uh, a part of the culinary concierge team where we were specifically focusing on our food service clients and getting them to understand the importance of more introducing more plant-based staple foods into, you know, into people's diets uh, in general. And uh, now as the chef ambassador, I sort of lead a team of, um, we have, I have another sort of culinary support chef and uh, here in, or in San Francisco, uh, one chef in China, and then a contracted chef that also travels for us in North Carolina. And what it entails is, I mean, everything along the spectrum, as you know, when it comes to consumer goods, there's the food service channel and the retail channel. Yeah. So on the retail side, it might entail uh, meeting up with uh, a big retailers, whether it's Walmart or Whole Foods or Safeway Albertsons, talking to their buyers, doing a little cutting for them, where they get to try the Just Egg uh, product in, in sort of different ways, whether it's a scrambled egg or an omelet, cooking it for them, talking about the benefits. How do I sell this to the customers? So as a chef ambassador, uh, I'm, I'm traveling to these big conglomerate uh, companies to talk about a little bit about our mission, but really about the food, how it can be prepared, how it can be sold, how it can be spoken about. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, it might be standing, you know, at a just booth mm -hmm. uh, at the National Restaurant Association show yeah. or at Expo West yeah. and, and talking to customers and potential buyers as they come by and talking about the benefits of it, making up cool dishes and exploring recipes. Uh, so that's one aspect of the job. Once we have a buyer, let's say a cafe uh, in the Midwest wants to roll out just egg. And they don't necessarily have the experience around a lot of plant-based foods. Yeah. So it might entail myself or somebody on my team heading to the restaurant, looking at their menu, mm -hmm. right? And then working with their chefs or cooks yeah. and coming up with some ideas. They know their customer base. We know the versatility in the product, putting our minds together and creating those synergies to then make amazing dishes for their, their customer base is another aspect of our responsibility. So let's talk a little bit about all the things Just Egg can be used for, because I've had it so far as like an omelet, as a scramble. Um, I've had a frittata with it. Uh, there's a restaurant in Vegas called Truth and Tonic, and it's the first uh, plant-based restaurant on the Strip, and he uses it um, for frittata. Um, but I think that's as far as it's gone with me. What, what other ways can, can people be using this product? Well, yeah. So, I mean, those, of course, those are the most obvious ways. And I love Truth and Tonic. It's in the Venetian. I was just there. Were you really? Uh, I, oh. I was just there in January and I got to hang out with the chef. I, I you know, I tried all of their dishes. They were amazing. Uh, and then, I, you know, I was just there with the, the uh, leadership of that restaurant who were yes. telling me about how, 
how people were just falling in love with it. I wish that Truth and Tonic wasn't so tucked away. You know, it's a little bit of a maze to get to that oh place. Oh my gosh, it's like a hike. You hit your 10,000 steps for the day before you even get to the... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Because <laughs> then you're going there and the, the food is so healthy. Like Chef, uh, yes. I always butcher it. Chef Keone has just done yes. such a good job with that menu. And I was, I was with him before he launched it and I tried the frittata and I was blown away. And then um, in January was the last time I was there too. And I brought another chef with me, um, Chef Chef Leslie Durso, who consulted like four seasons. And I was like, I'm going to take you to this little restaurant. And I took her and she was blown away because of course we had to get yes. frittata. So, okay, I'm sorry. So, so no. <laughs> I just share that so, little bit. So, yeah, so here, right. So let, going outside of the box, you know, other than the quiches, yeah. the frittatas, the scrambles, and the omelets, mm -hmm. I mean, think about the egg is such a ubiquitous ingredient, right? I mean, yeah. I've traveled around the world cooking just egg within different cultures. And aside from all of the some of the baking applications and the sauce applications so we have diners and you know silver diner they're yeah. doing oh hollandaise it's still open they're doing they have revamped themselves to be a more farm to table what? so in quarantine they they are assembling farmers market boxes and selling those oh. and they sell just eggs benedict the first i i would say it's the first but I, one of the first restaurants to put a just egg benedict on their menu so they make uh, hollandaise out of just egg oh and then they make a scrambled egg hollandaise I mean a scrambled eggs benedict you know oh. on um on a plant-based English muffin S amazing tasty you would never know that hollandaise has no butter in it you would oh I mean you would you would never know so if you ever come back to this area oh yeah silver diner hollandaise and then uh, Equinox in D.C., uh -huh. they're making zabalione, like Italian custard. So uh -huh. they're adding sugar, they're adding Prosecco, and then serving it with berries, keeping it plant-based. Wow. But they're whipping it up, right? So I've made a bunch of different types of Italian custard, like substituting champagne, Prosecco, uh, even one made with beer, which was amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, one of my favorite recipes now that I've, I've developed is a plant-based bread pudding. Um, so I use um, some vegan bread, coconut milk, and just egg makes an amazing custard. Uh, I, and I love that. I put a little maple syrup to sweeten it up as to not to use too much white sugar, uh, and then bake it up like a bread pudding. I do it in muffin pans, so it kind of puffs up like a souffle. Amazing. Um, my eyes are like I, out of what? my head right now. Like I'm just blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, another easy dessert is like sort of a take on a pot de creme, where I take dark chocolate, make sure that it's vegan, a little bit of coconut milk, just hot coconut milk, just egg. Put it in your blender, blend it for a minute, add bourbon or Kahlua or whatever you want to it, cinnamon or rosemary if you want to go for like an herbaceous flavor profile set it in the fridge for an hour and you have this rich decadent amazing plant-based pudding dessert oh my gosh it's um, mind-blowing you would never know that is plant-based um next time you come to las vegas will you come over and teach me how to make these things please <laughs> one we will make so much thing we will we will make all of all of my favorite plant-based recipes you know i'm not vegan but i completely am an advocate for introducing 
more plant, more ways to introduce plant-based eating into your daily diet so that it be, can become a part of your repertoire, you know? Yeah. People often think they have to go, you know, from one extreme to the other and baby steps is the way to get there, you know? You know, I, I always tell people, cause I get asked all the time, well, how did you go vegan? And I went vegan, like I, I worked in animal rights and you know, one day just clicked in my head because I, I gave up meat years before I went vegan. And people ask me, and I'm just like, you know, you can't beat yourself up. If, if you can't go vegan in one day, do the best you can because it will come. And, and you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of that because I think if you're coming from a place of like lack, you're just, it's never going to work. But if you like give yourself permission to work your way to it, it eventually it happens. So, you know, I think baby steps is a good way. Um, and you bring up an interesting point. Do you, you know, people talk to you obviously about going vegan and things and, and being plant-based. Have you noticed like in all of your travels and things, people wanting to incorporate more plant-based options into their breakfast and into their lives? One, 100%, um, Diana, I, so in the last, I've been with Jess for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, I've traveled to well over 30 countries. Wow. And honestly, I do, I do think part of it is generationally driven. So this, this current gener- the current generation um, of young adults, right? They're really demanding more transparency in a lot of things, right? In, 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 in doing more recycling and taking care of the earth. But one of the, to me, they are really creating this movement um, and sort of a renaissance of demanding that companies, that restaurateurs, that chefs, supermarkets, the entire food industry be more transparent to have more availability uh, of not only vegan items and vegetarian items, but gluten-free items, uh, things that are more organic with less preservatives. So around the world, there is some generationally driven, mm-hmm. a generationally driven movement towards more plant-based options. And, you know, I'm not sure who coined the phrase, but that concept of flexitarianism, yeah. you know, a year ago, people didn't know that word. Nowadays, you know, I hear kids, mom, I'm going to be a flexitarian now. <laughs> you know, I hear kids, you know, even wrapping their mind around, like, I'm going to give up that burger and I'm going to have something plant-based this week instead of that burger, Yeah, which is amazing. It's amazing for your body. It's amazing for the industry. Of course, it's amazing for the animals. Yeah. So I absolutely agree with you. More, now more than ever uh, is the time where I think plant-based eating is going to really gain more mainstream, mainstream traction. That, that makes me really happy to hear. Um, in your travels, so you said you've been to like 30 countries. Did you, yes. do you pay attention when you're traveling to see what like the demand is in those countries or like, or what demands are being met in terms of plant-based? Like, are there any countries you've been to that are particularly um, like vegan friendly versus others or some that were like, kind of didn't get it until you talked to them? Yeah. You know, that, that's funny. I, I think, and I, and I hate to make some generalizations, but it, as a matter of just sort of summarizing yeah. I did find a lot through Asia, right? Asia in general is very, very um, vegetable centric, right? So the Japanese have been, they've been using soy protein for literally hundreds of years, right? Tofu has been a part of their diet. Um, Soybeans have been a part of their diet. So they're not a stranger to 
plant-based eating. It's just that the term is so, it's not, it's more, that term is so much more Western, right? There isn't a term plant-based eating necessarily native um, in, in a lot of Asian cultures, but they've been practicing it for so long, right? It's just a part of society and a part of their, I mean, when you think about quintessential, like very, very quintessential Japanese things like ramen and like uh, bento boxes. Yeah. Uh, in those things, what people don't realize, vegetables are meant to be in those boxes. Yeah. Very, very strategically. They built meals around how those vegetables interact with rice and other proteins. So yeah. I find in general, in Asian cuisine, yeah, very, very vegetable centric. Then you go to the other side of the world and I spent more, you know, a lot of time in Europe and the plant-based culture is growing. Yes. I didn't, I don't feel like it's seated in that historical, cultural sort of norm as it is in, in China and Japan and Korea, yeah. All right? I feel like it is nuanced. It's, it's sort of new, just like it is in, in the rest of the Western world, like, like in America. But there were hot spots throughout Europe, particularly in parts of Germany and Sweden, um, that I saw people are craving more plant-based options yeah so if i'm traveling now because i also i do vegan tours which obviously aren't hold right now but uh i'm doing tours to madrid and paris are there places um at either of those cities where i can find the just product yet you uh right now no uh our our just products are not in europe however that should change in the very near future we have um developed partnerships with one of the largest egg companies in all of Europe. Wow. And they've actually, we've already done test runs to create, to actually manufacture just egg um, at their plant. They set up a space for just egg uh, and they will be our partners, not only for manufacturing, but for distribution. They're located in Italy, in Bologna uh-huh. and uh, it's called Eurovo, big egg company. We, we released that to the press a, a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just had a press release of another partnership in the U.S., um, and then in Germany, we we are partnering with a large, actually, a large chicken company who has, who really has developed the mindset that they need to jump on the plant-based bandwagon and are partnering with more plant-based companies to be a distributor throughout Europe. So uh, I, I, while I can't give you an exact date, I will say very, very soon, okay. we will have distribution throughout um, parts of Europe. And I'm very, very excited about that. I mean, that's amazing. And it, it's really, really interesting to me that these companies are dairy and, and, and chicken companies. Do you think that it's some, you know, that this having just is going to help them maybe see the benefit of, of offering plant-based and perhaps lessen the production of the other, of the animal-based products? Like, is there any talk of them like hoping to maybe one day make the switch from animal-based to plant-based? I think that that's a, that's a huge jump right now, how they're seeing it. So a lot of, to, to your comment, a lot of people are surprised, right, that we're partnering with an egg company yeah. because uh, especially in the U.S., egg companies um, may view just as a competitor, yeah. not as a partner, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think at the end of the day, these companies are really about making a profit. Yeah. And if they can have another product that's opening up their clientele base uh, because 
you know, there's a percentage of the world, I think it's around 10% uh, of the world is allergic to eggs. Yeah. On top of that, you have people who really just want other options uh, to explore more plant-based eating. That's another uh, demographic of people. Now, I don't know that these companies are saying, you know, this product's going to take place of all animal products. Sure. But I do see that it's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah. You're talking about these companies who have been generationally run yeah. for decades, if not centuries. And the fact that their minds have opened to, there's this egg product made from the protein in a mung bean. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get behind it in yeah. Italy and distribute it you know, around, uh, around Europe, which is a step in the right direction. It absolutely is. So when you first tried the, the just egg, what did you think about it? So, you know, I had the, I had the advantage of tasting iterations of just egg right from the very, very beginning. So, uh, you know, I was there for part I I have been there for the life cycle and, you know, in the very, very beginning, Um, some of the iterations didn't work and they were odd tasting or they smelled strange. But I'll tell you this, Diana, when, when I, when I tried what became version one, the first version that we went to retail and, you know, I, I was cooking that just egg around the world for potential partners, investors, retailers everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, even my, even though I did it a thousand times, I still, it was still hard for me at times to, to not, to not really, this is not eggs, you know, like this is a, this is an omelet, but this this is not really eggs. So, so even myself, for someone who cooked it so many times, even I continue to be blown away. And when version two came out, I mean, for, I guess I tasted the version one so many times that for me, it was night and day. And the functionality, it was creamier, making an omelet was easier. You know, I mean, I continue to be blown away and I, I feel lucky. I, I mean, I get to sit there and, and give it to people who've never, cook it for people who have never had eggs in their lives. Yeah. Uh, which which well, is an incredible experience in itself. What, what tends to be the reaction when, when, you provide, when you cook with this product to people that aren't plant-based and then they try it? I would say, um it ver it depends on whether you tell them it's going to be plant-based or not mm-hmm. uh right it's if you just come at it you are you just cook some just egg give it to somebody they taste it you know if they're a big egg eater then they're going to be like eh, there's something a little different but mm-hmm. the texture is right maybe there's some some veggie something in the you know in the mix or something um so when people don't know and are not looking to detect something different it's almost 90 percent people don't realize that it's not egg right Mm -hmm. now if i say i'm going to make you a plant-based egg well it changes the mindset of the consumer right they're going to be looking for any nuanced difference and you know as a chef who you know i use eggs you know you use eggs in cooking um and in baking a lot you know i i do understand and appreciate the functionality of an egg however these omelets and these uh, frittatas and scrambles, you know, they are so similar in texture to a regular egg that it is just simply amazing. And people are, the majority of people that I cook for are completely wowed by it. 
I mean, that makes me really happy because obviously my goal is to have everybody in the world go plant-based. So <laughs> the more options there are, the happier I am. Um, Chef, thank you so much for your time today. I am so grateful for you. Um, it's just, it's fascinating to talk to you. I really love hearing about all of this all over the world. Um, what's next for, for you and Just? Well, you know, we are navigating this, the, this quarantine time and, and then uh, we have found with the help of uh, many of our teams collaborating, we found ways to continue to reach out to our customer base through Instagram videos and, and, and outreach uh, through different channels. So we're going to continue to do that. Uh, the great, great thing is that our, you know, our retail uh, Just Egg and our newest product, I'm not sure if you tried it yet, but if you haven't, I hope that you will soon. It is our folded Just Egg. I want to try it so bad. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We will get you some. We, I will make sure we get you some. Oh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> you pop it in the toaster, pop it in the microwave, steam it, bake it. Oh. I mean, and throw it in a sandwich. And, oh my gosh. And, honest, and honestly, Diana, whether I'm biased or not, you will not, people oh. cannot discern the difference between that and a, and a regular egg sandwich. It is that good. I mean, I stand behind that product 100%. It is amazing. I sneak and eat, eat it when I have extra product. Don't say, don't tell that to anybody in your viewership. <laughs> Um, but, um, yes, so we are, yeah, we're pushing forward with that new product. Um, and we're just looking for to expand, expand more in Europe and around the globe and continue to push the envelope when it comes to, uh, a healthy, sustainable protein um, yeah. and, and, and allowing it to be accessible to everyone. No, you know, everyone deserves to be able to eat well. Thank you, Chef. Chef Kaimana Lee, thank you for your time. Uh, if you folks want more information on Just, you can go, their Instagram is at eatjust. Their website is ju.st. And Chef, I heard a little rumor that you might be giving a recipe to me to put on Vegans Baby. So um, absolutely, that's going to be up on vegansbaby.com slash recipes. Our show notes are on vegansbaby.com. Chef, thank you so, so much for your time. I am so grateful. It was a pleasure talking to you. And um, I look forward to meeting you in D.C. or Vegas, um, you know, when, when we all start getting on airplanes again. Yeah, absolutely. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Diana. And thank, thank you, you to all your listeners. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Good Fork. I am host Diana Edelman of Vegans Baby. I appreciate you all so much. For more on this episode and other show notes, head over to vegansbaby.com and click on the Good Fork podcast. And for more vegan dining, vegan news, and where to go eat in Vegas and beyond, head over to vegansbaby.com. Have a great one.